welcome to Powered by Magic, where we discuss topics surrounding magic and common or not so common questions. Let's take this journey together. Hi, I'm Tatiana. And I'm Sylvia. And we are coming to you from Eugene, Eugene Oregon. We invite you to conjure up a room and ride with us. Hey Sylvia, how are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. I mean, it's a little bit of a mix of good and bad today. The good well, let's start with the bad stuff, or the bad thing. So last night, my childhood cat died. Actually, no, it was the night before. So that was a little bit emotional. I ended up not doing the tarot for the Facebook group last night, and I did it this morning because I was just too upset to really focus on anything. Yeah. On the good end of things, I'm looking at applying for a new position at work. Exciting. Yes, very exciting and anxious and exciting and all that good stuff. And then on the other side, I've been reading, listening to the audiobook for On Writing by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And I've been really enjoying it. I, I, I love I love Stephen King. Yeah, what's I mean, he's just amazing. Yeah, it kind of gave me a little bit of oomph in my own writing. And I decided that I was going to try and start a writing habit in the mornings. I'm excited about that. You're very imaginative and I love hearing what you write. I think you have a great imagination. Oh, thank you. Last couple of night last couple of nights, last couple of mornings have been pretty good. I haven't gotten the whole thousand words yet, but I'm working up to that. Yeah. Great. How about you? Well, pretty boring. I'm back to good old pet sitting. I'm in the throes of that and pretty much will be in the throes of that all summer. Oh, yeah. And sometimes I'm doing double pet sitting, which means I'm overnight somewhere, but I'm also at another place just doing a visit. That gets to be... Busy, busy, busy. Very, very busy. I always get a little disappointed because that means I'm not going to have much of a summer for me. Yeah. I don't get to do much. But have held aside time for the Oregon Country Fair, which is a big deal. And I look forward to that. That's in July. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then, you know, we're gearing up to do Midsummer next weekend. Yeah. And that's exciting. We'll do it with our friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that's <laughs> I guess that's me. There's not much going on. The midsummer is uh, the next focus. Yeah, midsummer is going to be a lot of fun. It's it's going to be me, you, and our friend, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. I think we can just dig right in. All right. Sounds good. You want to start? Sure. Or at least ask the question. How yeah. About ask that? the question. <laughs> is it bad luck to bury your pets in the backyard? Now, I don't believe that it is bad luck. I did all of it my young life when we had yards, started when I was a kid, continued into my young adulthood. I felt it was a way to keep the spirit close, but mostly it was just how I was raised. Mm. I do think doing a sacred burial ceremony and grave preparation is something that would ensure a positive experience both for you and the dearly departed spirit. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's my viewpoint. Yeah. Well, for me, when I was younger, same thing. Still at home with my parents, that's what we did. We buried our pets in the backyard. I don't think it's bad luck any more than living life is bad luck. 
Uh, death is simply a part of life, a way for things to make room for new life. Like Tatiana said, though, preparing a grave and having a ceremony is a good way to say goodbye for both sides of the... Yeah, that's a nice way to put that. Yeah, I like that. What are some situations that your ethics might shift to make one decision or another? For me, my ethics don't shift, but the situations do. I believe everyone has free will and should keep that free will. Some people harm others, and I think there are both natural repercussions and man-made repercussions. And the person who has done harm should have to suffer that backlash. So you have free will, but you can also suffer for your your choices. Okay. All right. My ethics are also steadfast and unwavering. They are the morals that I try to live by. I think ethics are a foundation, and if the foundation is strong, then you want to stick to them. If, however, you find that they aren't working for you or expanding in a good way, then you might shift your perspective and reevaluate what they should look like. But don't shift them to meet someone else's ideas. Keep what feels right to you. Yeah. Do you find that you do things the same way all the time? Or do you do things and try to change it up? I do a mix. Some things I like to keep as traditional as possible, like how you put together a ritual or some spells. But I like changing how the magic is done. I keep the moon cycles and holidays in a traditional light as well. Other rituals may be more creative. Spells are open for full-on creativity in my book, with a few basic structures as their foundation. Hmm. So I don't tend to do things the same way because things always change. A need for money may be different each time. One, needing a new job. Two, wanting a raise. And, you know, three, etc. You never know. So the main components might be the same, but other things change. Like a candle spell versus a water spell, but both using cloves for money. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I agree with you in much of that. And I guess I also look at that traditional backbone, the bones of something, and then the meat being different for everybody. Well, yeah. And yeah, you've got a recipe, basically, that you follow. Spell. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say, but I like also how you said that. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. What are your feelings about experimenting now that you are more settled in your practice? I tend to stick with what, what I know works for me, but I'm out of my depth regularly, honestly. I mean, I don't know everything and I am more than willing to go out and do research to fill in those gaps. Other things is I forget a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so do I. And I don't know everything, so experimenting is a part of the practice for me. I think it's part of growing, you know? Yeah. Uh, experimentation is how we grow, but it must be done carefully. We have basic ideas of what tools and ingredients can mean, and if we go by that, we can get a very creative with how we put things together. But once you get something that works well, make sure you have a record of it so you can easily go back to it. I'll admit, I learned by experimentation in the beginning. I used some basic research knowledge, as you were saying, you know, research, yep. and then added my own personal twists. This comes back to doing what feels right to you. Your own personal magic is the most powerful magic of all. Mm -hmm. 
what do you think about free will? Are there times where you will perform magic on someone without consent? Short and simple, we've covered this one a lot. I don't think I've said it enough. I don't think I can ever say it enough. I stand by not doing magic on or for, for someone without their express consent. We should always respect free will in each other. I, I believe that you should not impinge on a person's free will above all. I would be okay with a clause in the magic for someone that doesn't know that if they would choose to refuse the magic, then the magic for them is null and void. Hmm. Are there times you won't cast slash do readings for someone or cast something other than what they ask for? If I get a bad feeling about a person, I can choose not to cast for them. And at this point, I don't know if I have or not done that. I think I've always chosen to cast for people. Mm -hmm. But as for what their question might be and casting something different, I wouldn't do and haven't done. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that the cards or Oracle will answer the question the person is asking. Right. It happens that sometimes the tarot or oracle answers the question the person is not asking. That's right. And often the one that they don't want to ask because they don't want to know the answer to it. Right. Right. Sometimes the cards key in to something bigger. I think mm-hmm. sometimes what happens is that the person may have that one question in mind but decide, oh, no, 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 I'm going to ask this question instead. Yeah. But their focus is still subconsciously on, on that other. first question. Yep. I have found that to be true. Okay. And that's why I have people write down their question in front of them and then read it the whole time that I'm prepping for the reading. Oh. So that they're focusing strictly on, on that. that question. Okay. Because I have had that happen. Yeah, so have I. Yeah. Now, I will not do readings for certain questions, perhaps. If I get a feeling of negativity, or that the person is under 18, or for legal purposes. Yeah, I, I don't do stuff for legal purposes or health purposes. Yeah, it, it really have to be careful in that area. Yeah. As for the type of reading, I usually do what is within my means and is requested. I won't switch it up without consent of the questioner. The divination device being used will do what it will do, but that is how a reading and casting works, as we already said. Yeah, they just, sometimes they have a mind of their own. That's so true. (laughs) (laughs) What does the key represent on my charm bells? For me, a key opens the way through a locked door. What that door is would depend on the symbology used on the key. If a heart, then love or friendship is opened. If an anvil, maybe work. It all depends. I like that. Yeah. Keys are opening and closing doors and portals. You can let something in or lock something out depending on the type of magic you want or need to do. I think specifically on a charm bell, it might act like a guard to be gotten through. However, that said, I have not ever used charm bells, so I can't really speak too much to it. Mm-hmm. Questions about using a pendulum. A pendulum takes information from the subconscious mind. Uh, what can it be used for, and is it dangerous to use? Some think pendulums use information from the subconscious. Others believe it's from their ancestors, and still others from their spirit guides. Hmm. I used to think it was the subconscious, but today I'm not so sure. 
I now ask my gods or goddesses to assist me in answering my questions. I feel that works really well for me. Asking questions from a pendulum can be for pretty much anything, anywhere from yes, no, to highly specific questions. I used it to help me choose my daughter's name before she was born. I simply drew my hand on a piece of paper, wrote down the various name choices on each finger, and then asked the pendulum which one suited her best. That helped a great deal in choosing her name. Mm. I do not see any reason why using a pendulum would be dangerous, but I think that is up to each individual to figure out for themselves. I think, no, I could be wrong, but I think it might be that some people think that pendulums, along with other things, can open up portals to other places. You know, that connection with spirits and that sort of thing. I think anything magic can do that. So there is the opening for that. That's sort of that clause that's on the end of everything everything magic magic. yeah okay Um, i just that was what i was sure that's what i was thinking sure good point what crystals will return my energy to me throughout the day i could not find ones that specifically return energy now i swear i've read it somewhere that some do and the ones that and it listed ones that did but for the life of me i cannot remember where that was Mm -hmm. however I did find that citrine is great for increasing your energy, creativity, and wealth. And obsidian, and even more specifically, mahogany obsidian, is good for protecting your energy and also fighting off negativity. Okay. Advice for cleansing a thrifted object. Now, I would probably bring it home and either place salt around it to sit in or on it, for seven days. Now, seven days is just a magical number for me, and it gives it a week's time to settle. Use sage in the same manner. There are many different types nowadays, so the most common being white sage. And you might do a cleansing ritual for it, or just sage the shit out of it. (laughs) Now, incense works as well, like sandalwood, dragon's blood, lavender, cinnamon, or frankincense. Hmm. Okay. Some other thoughts. And I'm sure there are other ways to do it. Those are just the top, I think, go-tos that people have. Mm, mm-hmm. What is the biggest misconception about the occult? What is occultism to you? I think the most obvious is that it's considered to be evil or satanic. For me, it is magic of any sort, along with the things of supernatural power or existence. Mm, mm-hmm. So like Tatiana just said, the misconception is that it all has to do with Satan or evil. Occult, according to Oxford languages, is supernatural, mystical, or magical beliefs, practices, or phenomena. That covers a wide ground. Does that include studies of satanic or evil things? Yep, yeah it does. But that is a very small part of a very large category. Yeah. I've heard all sorts of things about satanic being good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah, yeah, same here. You can ask a lot of Satanists, and they don't actually believe in Satan, so... Yeah. So, open mind. Yeah, open mind. Well, please rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you found us. I'm Tatiana, saying goodbye for now. And I'm Sylvia, saying so long, and thank you for writing with us. This has been... Powered Powered by by magic. magic. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Hope you've enjoyed. Have a good one.